even turn on my phone without being reminded of the lie that I am alone and broken, unsuccessful. And I, I can't always talk to my friends because they've got expectations that I may or may not be living up to. I really need to rid myself of the pressure, pressure, pressure to be someone Hey everyone, this is Brittany is Chosen, your host of the Chosen Chronicles. Thank you so much Jesus for tuning in. From me. Thanks for tuning in for tonight's broadcast. I want to invite you to hang in there. We're going to say a little word of prayer quickly, but first, enjoy this song, Pressure, by Jonathan McReynolds. And only see you let me decrease and glory fire you help me God Like a Christian should and hope that someone watching would approve and be inspired. But if you're not feeling my show, then how far could I go before all of my accomplishments go down in fire just cause all of the pressure, pressure, pressure to be someone else that the church has made? Pressure, pressure to be someone that you did not create. Help me be me and only see you. Let me decrease and glow.
pressure, pressure to be someone that you did not create. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Chosen Chronicles. I am Brittany is Chosen, your host, and today we're talking about life, godliness, purity, dating, relationships, whatever comes out in today's conversation will be something along those lines. But first we're going to say a quick word of prayer. God, I love you and I praise you. I thank you for allowing me to be a mouthpiece. Um, for your service and for your use. And I ask that today that you release revelation that sets someone free. I ask that you release revelation that gives someone some clarity of their purpose, clarity of your purpose, clarity of your way, your standards, um, your protocols. Uh, and help us have just a, a really edifying conversation. Um, I ask that your spirit will bear witness from person to person. I ask that um, you'll move by your power. I, I ask that you'll show yourself really strong and glorious among us in this conversation. I believe that there's someone listening today that needs to hear everything that we're going to say. <laughs> like there's someone who's happening to run across this station and they're going to stop and hear a word from God. I believe that just kind of helps them make the next choice, take the next step in a direction that is peaceful, prosperous, and protected. So God, I just yield myself to your purposes. I ask that your kingdom totally invades the airways. Um, I ask that your glory is revealed and manifested in this conversation, in this, uh, I want to call it a dialogue, but it's really just me talking, right? So a monologue, but I want you to be glorified. And um, I want to say that I'm grateful, God. I'm really um, human. I'm really um, flawed and I'm grateful for your grace I'm grateful for your mercy. I'm more grateful for life. The more lives that I see end, the more I understand I need to be really grateful for the fact that I'm not only living and breathing, but I'm in my right mind. And you've given me a powerful mind, right? You've given me realms of understanding and wisdom that surpass my age and experience. And you did that on purpose. I'm grateful for that today. I'm grateful that my legs work. My arms work, my hands work, my feet work, my eyes work. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have full use of my faculties. I'm grateful that you've redeemed me unto yourself. I'm grateful that you've even, even redeemed some of my worst life experiences. I'm grateful that um, you're that compassionate and that committed to me and everyone else um, that hears this broadcast. It's not just me that you feel this way about as everyone. You love us all fiercely and devoutly and um, you're even jealous for us is what the scripture says. So Lord, let this broadcast edify, let this broadcast help in the name of Jesus. I pray. Amen. So yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. This is 93.9 FM WLXU. And I do want to remind everyone what's said on the Chosen Chronicles by no means reflects um, the thoughts, opinions, or beliefs of the board of Lexington Community Radio um, or any of their associates. This is something that I'm allowed to do as an exercise of free speech and free expression of thought, but I'm only speaking on my own behalf. And that's awesome. That's glorious. So yeah, tune in, um, listen up, because I have some things to say. Last broadcast, we talked about Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I do want to read that really, really quickly. And then I want to advance the conversation to a different text. Just a reminder, I'm reading from the King James Version of my Bible. And you may even hear the pages turning. Um, but yeah, it's King James Version. Verses 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
verse 2 says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And we didn't even really get to go into those scriptures. I mean, they're deep. There's so much there. There's so much um, information there for us to kind of wrestle with and agree with and understand. But um, the, the general reason why I've read that scripture a few times over the past couple of broadcasts is because there's a general call for us to do the reasonable service. Like it's not extraordinary. It's not super special. It's reasonable that we would present our bodies as living sacrifices to God. It's reasonable that we would uh, be mindful of him and the things that we do with the body that he created. It's reasonable that we would be mindful of him, um, of the decisions that we make in the alliances that we uh, associate with or, or that we take on. It's it's reasonable that we would uh, not want to even be conformed to the world because we know that from scripture, um, as it reflects the heart of God, it says a friendship with the world or with the carnality, right, or things that oppose God is enmity with God. So like he cares, he cares about all those things. And, and sometimes we lie to ourselves and say that he doesn't. But anyone who believes that the scriptures are God breathed, God inspired would have to say that the scriptures reflect um, a heart and a position that says, you know what, these things are not without consequence. They are not without design purpose. And we should search those things out is what I'm saying. So we've read Romans chapter 12 verses one and two, and now we're reading one of my favorite verses to turn to when it comes to life as a single woman of God. And I think that it should also be your favorite if you're married, right? It's, it's a really good one. So it's 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, which is pretty dope. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I encourage you to read the whole chapter. It's not very long and it's packed full of things that will blow your mind, specifically if you're one of those people who have never totally thought about what God might be thinking, you know, what he might be thinking about what you do with your body. So be encouraged, but also listen up. First Corinthians chapter seven, verses 31 through 35. Okay. No, 32 through 35. It says, but I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried cares for the things that belongs to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married cares for the things that are of the world. I'm sorry. I read that wrong. I apologize, guys. <laughs> Verse 32 says, I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried cares for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. Verse 33 says, but he that is married cares for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. 34 says, there is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares for the things of the Lord. And that's what they're referring to as a virgin because there's a presumption there that if she's not married, she's a virgin. But anyway, it says the unmarried woman cares <laughs> for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married cares for the things of the world because she's worried she wants to please her husband. Um, and verse 35 says, this I speak for your own profit. Not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely and that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. So basically, there's a lot of things that he's saying here. I'm not going to like go into much of it in great detail, but I am going to say that basically Paul is saying, hey, you know, if you're not married, don't be so quick to get married. 
Because while you're not married, you get to be undistracted in the presence of God. You get to devote your attention and your focus and your time to wrestling through uh, questions and discovering answers of what it means to please God. And you get to get that understanding of your of your identity in God and your identity in the family of God and the will of God and the way of God. And it's like a priceless season. But he says, to those of you who are married, that's awesome too. There's so much kingdom purpose in marriage. But if you're married, you're going to have to be preoccupied with your spouse because you're not called to serve yourself through your marriage. Um, you're called to serve them. Like marriage is ministry. Marriage is a job, <laughs> right? It has it has a point and it's not about you. It's about um, you like the new you, the two becoming one. So, so yeah, th- there's a glorious purpose in marriage, but there's a distraction, right? From total preoccupation with God that comes with marriage. And Paul just wants us to be informed. So I, I lean into that scripture a lot because I'm really zealous. Anybody who knows me knows that I have a constant to-do list. I have a constant kind of like vision unfolding for my life and in ministry. And there are things that I just think God has ordained and anointed me to do. And I get really excited about doing them. And I'm not selfish about it because like I have other people in my life that I have to consider. I have kids in my life that I work with. I have adults who are kind of childish that I work with. I have other things and other people, right, that I love dearly and fiercely and I'm devoted to them and I consider them. But at the end of the day, I do get to make, you know, decisions for Brittany. I don't have to hold Brittany up because of Brittany's husband because Brittany's not married. So um, that's cool. It's cool for this season. And like, I understand and I have a piece of my heart that, you know, when I do become married, maybe I'll be able to do that, you know, more excellently than I would have you know, years ago, because like, I don't think I'm going to be trying to reach back to my singleness as a married woman, because I'm living as a single woman now. And I think that so often, and let's define the terms really quickly. When I say single, I mean unmarried. So even if you're booed up, even if you have a boyfriend, like you fit in the category of single, if you're not married. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I think we get it wrong. And I think it's just about the perversion of this age, really. Perversion just dis- distorts and it and it flips and it flops things. And that's what I'm saying when I say perversion. But I'm saying like there's a distorted understanding of season. Like in our singleness, so many of us play house. So many of us are shacking up with, with guys, taking care of guys, cooking and cleaning for God. Like, are you for real? Like, even if I weren't Christian, I would not be washing no dude's drawers. Like, I'm not cooking you food. Like, no. And I just had a conversation about this yesterday. Like, that's not happening. Like, even without me loving Jesus or wanting to love Jesus, like, just based off of how I was raised, like, there's no universe in which you're getting wife benefits from girlfriend Brittany, right? <laughs> I'm nobody's girlfriend. I don't do that. But I'm just saying, if I did, I'm not cooking for you. I'm not doing your laundry. Like, I'm not, no, ew. Um, I'm not paying your bills, sir. I'm not, yeah. So anyway, that's just not happening. But um, but people, they get into this thing where it's like, when they're single, they try to live like they're married. And when you're single, that's when you should be living like you're single. Because then eventually you do end up married. And then you understand, oh my goodness, it's for the rest of my life. And then you try to go back 
and be single and you can't do it like God's not gonna honor you in that because it's not his purpose and thankfully he gives us peace you know there there are so many things that you know sometimes we get anxious because we feel regret and we feel pain and we feel worry but like God he can calm us in those situations so like thankfully peace be still right but I just want to say to those who are contemplating particularly singles like understand even if you feel restless right now even if you feel like you're not satisfied right now possess your soul and patience and just give it a moment wait like wait it out (laughs) and just understand like there are things that you're going to get to do and discover while you are single that you will not be able to do when you're married and I don't care like let me just be I'm gonna talk to you like I talk to my girls and by the way I don't look like anyone I mentor like they have asked me to I don't just force this on anybody but but the people I'm in so they know what I stand for because I'm consistent and I've been talking about this for a really long time I've been talking about this as long as God has been talking about it to me so please understand that anything I'm saying I've been a first partaker of and I'm still partaking of it because like I, I haven't had a break I'm still a single woman so all these rules are things I still have to do there's still things I have to consider like there's still things I have to tell myself no about and tell God yes about like I'm in it right so don't like don't interpret this as me doing anything but sharing what's been shared with me but yeah I talk to my my girl sometimes I'm just like look child you say you want money you say you want a house you want cars you want relationships you want kids you want this that and the other like sometimes and I do believe you can kind of have it all like I'm not I'm not one to tell you to, to back up off of ambition or vision but I will say that sometimes if you do the wrong thing or do the right things in the wrong order you'll end up in the wrong place so it's like okay we like your list I agree with you, honey. I want you to have that marriage. I want you to have those kids in that car, in that house. I don't want you asking me for money. So yes, get your life together. But like, discern the order of God. Discern the order of God. Do not take sloppy, miscalculated steps and then try to put his name in it. Right. And then try to say it was for him or by him or through him when it wasn't. So many of you guys get in these jacked up relationships and then you say, God called us together and we love each other so much. And like he's just for me, I'm his rib, I'm flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. And then you're beating each other. Right. Like, stop that. Stop. Don't put Jesus name in that. Like he can redeem it. But he did not do that. He didn't do it. No, he didn't. Mm-mm. And and he didn't do the other relationship either where you're not married and you keep talking about maybe one day getting engaged, maybe one day. And while you're saving up, maybe for the ring, you're also having sex. He didn't do that either. He didn't do <laughs> the heartbreak that happens when he leaves your bed and goes to another one. He didn't do it. He didn't do the insecurity that happens when you hope you can get his love by giving him your body and you give him your body and he doesn't give you the love that you thought you would get. And now you're feeling crazy inside. God didn't do that. But he designed you in a way that lets you know if you sit back and you think before you act, you have understanding accessible to you just because we understand how God created us. He created us in such a way that every part of our lives can be affected by what we do with our bodies. And if we just took time to have some wisdom before we had behavior and activities and relationships, we could better make decisions for the outcomes that we want. So like most of us who talk about, you know, vision and and coach people towards their purpose, we always tell people define where you want to end up first. Don't keep making decisions like Paul called it aiming or, or fighting as one who beats the air. And if you've ever seen someone beat the air, it's exhausting because, first of all, they're all over the place. They don't have a precision about them and it looks sloppy. Like instead, 
Pick a target first. Like, Aaliyah's in here. I'm not going to hit the mic. I'm going to hit Aaliyah. And I'm going to, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm playing. But, but no, like, for real, I'm not going to, like, hit 10 things. I'm going to pick one thing, and I'm going to wait until I have the energy, and I'm just going to hit it. I'm not going to, like, waste time. And you guys need to do the same thing. You want a godly marriage? Well, guess what at a bare minimum you need? God. Start there. So, anyway... I love you guys. I'm so excited that we're going to have this conversation. I kind of want to break to a song and I kind of want to keep talking. So maybe I'm going to, you know what? Let's see. Jesus, what should I do? All right. I'm going to go ahead and go to a song because it's a pretty good one playing on the queue. Let's, let's listen to a little bit of Pour Me Out live in New York City by Naomi Rain. She's a really cool prophetic singer. You're going to enjoy her.
everyone. This is Brittany is Chosen. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Chosen Chronicles. We're going to dive right back into our conversation about dating relationships and whatever else happens to come out of my mouth right now. Amen. But like during the song, I was getting into like a side conversation with like the live viewers and some others about, you know, the fact that like I'm just going to be real and yeah, I'll just open up myself to scrutiny. But like when I interact with people of the opposite sex, there are certain things that I expect Right. I expect that if I'm in the company of a man, I expect that he is a gentleman. And this came up because we were talking about like what makes something a date. Um, me as someone, I don't date. So like I'm always curious about what people think dating is because I have a really strong opinion about what I think it is. And that's why I won't do it. Um, but like other people, they have very different definitions. So anyway, that led to a conversation of my general practices. And, you know, like if I'm meeting with a man for any reason, a business meeting, meeting for uh yeah, usually it would be business, maybe a ministry meeting. I, I typically don't have to have meet, meetings with people for ministry purposes. But like, yeah, I was raised in the in the tradition or in the school of thought that why is a woman paying for anything in the company of a man? And it's not about being a gold digger because any of you who know me personally know that I own a business and I work really long hours and I work really hard and I have my own. And if there's something that I want, I never say, well, let me get a relationship so this man can buy it for me or let me get someone to ask me out so I can have dinner. Like I'm not that person because you'll see me at my favorite restaurant by myself <laughs> with a book or, or journal. Cause I just want that time. But you know, I have friendships too. And it's like, even if I'm out with like a friend, like if that friend is a male, um, he would be paying. I just, I don't care. Like he would be paying. And I just, I don't have too many scenarios in my mind where that wouldn't happen. But I was asked about it and I could think of one scenario. And, and that's why I was kind of like explaining to my, my, my helper today. It's like when you're worldly, you know, you're always thinking about tit for tat. You're always thinking about, well, like if he pays for my dinner, then he wants my body. But like in the kingdom, we don't think about that, right? Because when we're together, when we interact with each other, it's not about this is someone who wants sex from me. It's this is someone that I love. This is my brother in the gospel. This is my sister in the gospel. And like I was explaining to her, like I have friends, I have best friends. And some of them are men, you know, men in the gospel, men, men of honor and integrity, uh, men who keep their bodies in purity, men who fight um, for purity of mind and purity of relationships. And I am honored to be their friend. But like, even if we go somewhere, like after a church service or something, we might be tag team ministering and we might all go out to like a restaurant afterwards. But like, it's never a second. It's never even a conversation. It's always their treat. And it's because, and I would accept that because like, I don't have a pressure of thinking, oh, he's going to want something from me. And, and I understand where he's coming from. He's like, this is my sister. Like, who else is going to treat her to dinner but me? Or like, this is my sister. Of course, I'm opening her door. Of course, I'm pulling out a chair. Like, this is my sister. I honor this woman. I honor this woman of God. And that's one thing that, like, I am grateful for. Like, I've experienced what it is to be honored. Like, not from other people, but from my people. I was I experienced what it was to be honored and adored by my dad and by granddads and by uncles and maybe cousins when they got a little bit older and mature. So, like, it's it's an experience that I know. Like, I understand what it feels like because I've had it throughout my life. And I understand what the opposite feels like, too. But, like, so so I know that when I'm dealing with a man of God 
You know, I know what that looks like. And it should never even be a fight or a struggle about who does what, where or why, because we honor each other and honor has a behavior tied to it. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, I honor you. So I want to know what your boundaries are. I honor you. So I want to know what your vision is. I want to know what your hope is. I honor you. So I do want to know the call of God in your life so I can help you to it. I honor you. So I would never pressure you no matter how much pressure I'm feeling right for whatever reason, I'm going to respect you. I'm going to respect the God in you. I'm going to fight for God's purposes for your life because I know what honor is. And honor is currency in the kingdom. Honor is a very big deal. And, you know, for men who expect to get married, I think men get away with a lot, particularly in the church, because there's like one man for every 10 women. Right. So they just think they can just show up. And people don't flock to them like, no, no, we don't. We don't do that. And they kind of think that whatever they do will just be accepted and acceptable. And I think that we need to unteach men that lesson. And I think that they need to understand, like, no matter how scarce they may be, they still need to be honoring and honorable. And if they're not, um, we need to have enough self-esteem as women to wait on God. God has somebody who's going to understand the concept of opening a door and pulling out a chair and covering a check. And here's the deal. Like, I do understand. Like, it's not just me saying, oh, take me to the fanciest restaurant and pay my bill. It's not like that. But it's like, if you're requesting my time or if we've just chosen to spend time together, I do understand that that comes with a caveat. Like, if he can't afford two cheesecake dinner, uh, cheesecake factory dinners, then I can't tease him for that. Like, I can't judge him. Like, if, you know, if I'm on his time, on his ticket, then we got to go wherever that looks like for him. So we might be at McDonald's talking about Jesus, you know, and that has to be okay. Dollar menu all the way. Amen. But I also share with my helper that, you know, it's not one way. Like, there is that expectation of him being a gentleman and him being chivalrous. But also, like, I love my friends. So, like, it's nothing for me to, like, see a book on a shelf and pick it up, buy it, and then mail it to, like, whatever state he in or she's in and or like and literally like I have friends all over the country that we do this like we'll pick up something and say oh girl I don't want you to have to cook next week I'm sending you a gift certificate go to Cracker Bro on me and I you know goodness I guess I should sell some ad space for all these names I'm dropping but uh like, hey, I don't want you to have to cook. So go out on me or something like that. And that's why you keep, you know, that's why money matters, first of all. Like, people, they they try to justify being cheap, not having money, and they try to make it seem like they're humble. No, because money is actually a great means of ministering to people. Like, you can give when you have money. You can give when you work and earn money. Like, that's a cool thing. It's cool. Like, I don't really live a very indulgent lifestyle for myself. Like, there are no new clothes on my body, um, no new shoes on my feet. Like, this, uh, you know, I, I sacrifice certain things. But, like, I love the fact that if I want a 20 to bless somebody with, which is happens all the time, I can do that because I've planned my life in such a way. So, like, when you're when you walk in that kingdom mentality of giving and sowing and reaping, then you're not caught up in that petty tit for tat. And and it's not even about body for dinner. It's it's kingdom. My brother, my sister, I, I love you and this is what it's gonna look like. So yeah, that that was that was that conversation. But we're also talking about just like more general about dating. Because like I noticed this week due to some recent circumstances, I had to like re-engage the idea in the conversation about like, what do I think dating is for real? And I learned, I guess my definition differs from other people, but the main reason why I don't like dating is because I think it's messy. The main reason why I don't love dating is because, ooh, allergies. Main reason why I don't like dating is because I feel like it opens you up to just have this one long lifelong relationship that is just like comprised of little bitty relationships in the middle where one leads to the next and the next leads to the next. And you don't really get clean breaks. You don't really get 
clean anything, but you just kind of get leftovers and then you try to make them right. And in the last broadcast, I was talking about how like wrong things don't become right because you want them to. Like you have to stop the wrong thing and then just do the right thing. You can't transform wrong into right because God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So like his standards aren't changing for us. So like once we get that into our minds and agree with that in our hearts and allow it to guide some of our decisions, we understand like, hmm, this relationship thing, I have to submit it to the Lord. Like if, if I'm going to consider a man, it's not just about what he looks like. It's not just about, is he my type? And I do have a type. Like people think I don't have a type. I have a type. I'm not going to put it over the air because it might seem a little thirsty, but I have a type and you know, it's not just just about that though it's like okay well sure he has an appearance we'll leave that in that category but also like does he have a brain or like what's his relationship with God like does he have a ministry does he care about ministry is he competitive like for my attention would he want to take my attention from God or would he like jump into what I'm doing for God and do it with me so like those are all things I have to consider because whatever I do even marriage even courtship it has got to glorify God and it needs to be public like I can't have a secret relationship I can't have myself in a relationship where it can only happen behind closed doors because something's happening that we, we don't want people to see. And um, I think that even me and other people, we deserve a certain amount of privacy. So I'm not trying to say like, oh, you just have to be, you know, all out there. Because I think some people put way too much on Facebook, for instance. But I do believe that we have to submit ourselves to correction. We have to submit ourselves to oversight. We have to submit ourselves to like wise counselors. So like someone needs to be involved in that process who can like check us if we're getting out of order, out of line. But even before that, we should already be praying and asking God what our boundaries should be. And I do have some boundaries. Um, a lot of you guys know I've been working on a book about those boundaries because it's a ministry that I lead that's pretty near and dear to my heart that talks about purity and talks about just like restoration and talks about, you know, just doing things the right way the first time. So like no matter which category you fit in, the book is for you. But um, yeah, so I've had to like really go before the Lord because I'm still single. I'm still like not married. And I do meet men. I meet men, you know, in the marketplace. I meet men in church. I meet them in the course of ministry and um thankfully we're at the age where like they know how to just say that they're interested because lord that phase like that college phase where they play games and that post-college like two years out of college where they still don't know how to act um it's just hard like having constructive conversations and now i'm being kind of funny but but yeah like so i'm glad we're past that sophomoric stage but like it seems like i'm meeting more men now that understand that sliding in my dms is not like pursuit like it's a type of pursuit, but it's not the level of woman that I am. So like if you actually want my attention, if you actually want my time, first of all, ask for it because I know the type of person I'm willing to give my attention and time to. And I will either say yes or no. And I will also know how to tell you what that should look like. Like, I don't need, like, it's not going to be confusing. And people tell me sometimes, like, you're such a strong woman and like you're intimidating. And I'm just like, if you're intimidated by strength, then that means you're not strong, first of all. So would I want a man who's intimidated by strength to pursue me? No. So I'm okay if he's intimidated and doesn't come to me because if he did come to me, I'd have to send him somewhere else anyway. So yeah, I'm cool with that. But there are strong men, strong men of God who I'm meeting now. And it's like kind of exciting because it's like, okay, cool. They are still out there. You know, they were doing the same thing I've been doing the past 10 years, getting an education, starting a career, trying to get some financial stability, trying to get some stuff that looks right. You know, like, because when you study in school, when you do those advanced degrees, they come at a cost. And you know, you're sitting there with like five letters behind your name and a, and a hoopty car. And it is what it is. Like, and I remember I had 
my hoopty card. And now, Lord, I got a newer card. It looks like a hoopty. I'm like, why did the why did the paint chip? I don't understand. <laughs> the paint is just it's peeling. Like, what is going on? But we're about to fix it in Jesus' name. But I'm just saying, like, like I like the fact that I'm meeting people on the other side of that sacrifice of like becoming the type of adult that I wanted to be or whatever. And like they've done the same things. So, like when we talk, it's just like, okay, you get it. Like you understand what this life is like because you lived it. And it's like a different type of interest. So that's cool. But you know, even these even these church dudes, like you gotta be ready to set them straight. And that leads to story number one. So I was at a ministry thing like two weeks, okay, some time ago, and I ministered and this other like other groups kind of ministered and there were other people with me and we kind of like hung out afterwards and we like kind of interacted with other people a bunch of people kind of came up to us and were like oh man the ministry you shared was so powerful we loved your song we loved that the anointing on your voice and they were like really complimentary really kind and um that was cool and but I was real tired that night let me just give you a little bit of context like I'm usually one of those people that's kind of known for like being typically put together like it's not about being super attractive or not attractive but like I typically don't go out the house looking undone right by the end of this day I was so tired like I, I was fine but like I think after we sang like I took my hair down I pulled it back in a low ponytail like I never do that I'm just like sitting at this table like y'all I need to go to bed but it was still cool fellowship so I kept hanging out and eventually this guy comes over and he's like hey I really enjoyed your song I really enjoyed your ministry and he started asking me questions and I was like giving him really short answers and the person I was with started like chiming in and saying hey you should come visit our church one day because like everyone there we were like from a similar area so they was like hey why don't you come visit our church and and they were like, well, I guess I could check and see if it like doesn't conflict with my church schedule. And then I said, well, no, it, it won't conflict because we have services when nobody else has services. <laughs> and they were like, really? When is that? I was like, well, for instance, like your church doesn't have church on Sunday night, right? And they were like, no. I was like, well, you should come to a Sunday night service. And I wasn't really thinking about that personally. It was more so just like me jumping on to what the person I was with was saying to them. And then they kind of started talking. She starts trying to give him directions to our church. And this conversation is taking way too long. We had already decided we was leaving. So I'm like, okay, let's wrap it. I was like, here, I got a card. Let me give you my card. You just text me. When you text me, I'll let you know the address. I will send it to you. And you can just come anytime you want to come. So they take my card and we're like walking and then I realized oh we're still having a conversation so like then I sit there like in the outside hallway and I'm like okay what's going on sir and he, he has all these questions like okay so what do you do like what do you do where do you work where did you go to school like we're having like a life history conversation and I'm just like lord I just don't know that I'm up to this right now kind of like today this is a really long story that I'm telling so yeah eventually he asked me like can I walk you to your car I'm like sure and he walks me to my car and he's like Basically, we get into a, another conversation that ends up actually being interesting. Interesting, And I had to like pause myself and say, oh, like I wasn't even thinking about this as like someone that was trying to get to know me. But now I'm like, it's just us. And that's what he's trying to communicate that he's actually interested in getting to know me. So then like um, I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. So then I was like, I have to go meet, meet a client tonight. I had to exchange some paperwork, which was crazy um, that late at night. But um I was basically like, okay, you have my card, so just call me, and we'll talk then. So he did reach out afterwards, and we kind of been in contact, and it was nothing really deep, just talking about, I don't even know, like, your day or whatever you're doing. And um, it, the topic came up, because I, I'm never secretive about any of those things. The topic came up of like, oh, well, like, if he wants to hang out with you, would you hang out with him? And I was like, you know what? It, it kind of dawned on me. I was like, I have never 
like never in my life. Hold on, let me think, is that sure? Yeah, I've never in my life like hung out or anything out with a person that I didn't know, like ever. Usually the only people I spend time with are people that I know. And I guess I always get to know them through like either church or school or work. So it was just such an interesting thing. I was like, oh, I guess that would like transform it from being like a casual category to like a date category because like the only reason I have to believe he would want to spend time with me is because of an interest in me. Like we don't have a relationship. We are not friends. We are not buddies. I don't even know his last name right now. Like, so if we were to hang out, it would only be because we saw each other and had a a brief conversation one night stayed in touch and decided off of that that we wanted to get to know each other more and I was like that sounds like a date to me and I was like I don't date I'm I don't do dating do I so like it was just an interesting conversation and um I, I won't even kind of go into that any further but I will say that the more church guys I meet the more I understand there is not much difference between church guys and not church guys and church guys, I would like you to tell me why there's not a big difference. Like over the past few years, I will, I'm just gonna be super honest. Um, because like, I don't really have a lot of friends outside of the ministry context that are, that are males, but like maybe one or two from like school. And I have like one friend that's like a really good friend of mine. It got to a point where I was just kind of thinking one day and I was like, you know what? Between all the men that I know and have known for a really long time, I actually trust this guy that I know from school more than these guys that I meet in the pulpit any day. And he's not even like super Christian or super into God or whatever. But I was like, you know what? This is crazy. Like I trust him when I trust these other guys because they're so messy. And I was like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a hard thing, you know, to really understand when you're kind of like seeing this guy in the pulpit. And when he talks to you, he doesn't, he doesn't invite you to dinner. He invites you to bed. And it's like, First of all, you have to be stupid to come to me like that. Like, you just have never paid attention ever. But also, you just preached. And you don't want to go. You don't want to talk about Jesus. You don't want to pray. You don't want to get to know me better. You're literally inviting me to your hotel room. I was shocked when that happened. Like, I had heard that that happened. I didn't know until it happened to me. I was like, I was so offended. And, like, I didn't even dignify it with a response. Like, I was like, you are disgusting. You know, but I was like, there are so many guys like that that you meet in church. And they're like leading. And I was just like, Lord, they don't fear you. I'm like, God, they don't even fear you. And people keep trying to hook me up with these guys, these pastors, these ministers, these musicians. They don't even fear you. They're messy. They're messy. They probably slept with half the girls in the church. Probably got babies with three of them. Like, <laughs> messy. I'm like, it's better for me to deal with a guy who's like young and God who fears him than some dude who's been experienced or seasoned for 20 years or whatever and he doesn't fear God. And I, and here's the thing. Like, I do understand that's a false choice. Like, the ideal would be someone who's seasoned and fears God. And that plenty of those people exist. But I was just saying, like, I'm noticing that all, so many of these guys are hypocrites and messy and yucky. And um, I was like, I'd rather just give the sinner time to get to know Jesus. So I'm in a different place now, but it's just been really interesting. There's not a huge difference. And I'll tell you this too. Usually if a guy that like is like a newer Christian, I don't want to call him a sinner, like, but like a babe, like a newer Christian versus like a seasoned Christian, like I'm just noticing that the Christianity is one piece of the conversation, right? You want to like know, is your faith on the same level or in the same God? Because that does matter. But there are other things like, does he respect you? Like, is he just a generally respectful person? And that doesn't necessarily come just because he's Christian 
or seasoned? Like, it's just his personality. Like, is he respectful? Does he have self-control? Can he be attracted to you in whatever way he wants to be attracted to you and not come at you like that? Like, here's a here's the deal. Like, I don't think you're supposed to marry people you're not attracted to. I mean, well, let me not go there, but because people have different stories. But like, I don't expect to marry someone I'm not attracted to. So like, we understand we actually want the attraction to be there. But if you're in a situation where you're going to have to wait right it can't be sexual like you can't just be in that vein like that can't be the conversation that cannot be the focus you have to have a focus on God and that's my point it's like what is his personality like what's his demeanor like like does he have self-control can he tell himself no can he handle his own issues privately and not bring them to you like you know what I'm saying like I don't want to hear everything that crosses your mind I don't want to hear everything that you think or everything that you say or see I just want to like trust that you can work out your own issues with with your god right as i work out my issues with my god and we'll just come to the table and maybe edify each other meet in the middle and bring like the better parts of what we have to offer to that place at at a certain point in our process unless there's an actual like marriage that's going to be pursued and then you go to like premarital counseling and talk through certain issues with more specificity with other seasoned counselors involved right So, yeah, I'm doing a stream of consciousness broadcast today because there's just a lot on my mind. But like in this conversation of just like, you know, I'm someone I really do hate the idea of dating. I don't like it. I think it's messy. I think it's um, I think it can be just I think it takes more than it gives. And I'm just like, I don't really want to chase or pursue relationships with people that are taking more than they give. Um, you just kind of wonder where is the safe place? And I do have an answer for you about where I think that safe place is. So we're going to cut to. One more selection, then I'm going to talk about the safe place, and then I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray us out. And and just actually to answer a little bit before we, we go to that next song, let me just share that the, safe, the safest place for someone who can't hang in is always, like always going to be the will of God. So please understand, you don't have to make it up as you go. Find the will of God and get there and there will be safety for you. So right now we're going to hear this song that I think all of us love. It's called Clean and it's by Natalie Natalie Grant. Enjoy. episode of the chosen chronicles i want to pray us out really quickly um lord we just thank you and praise you for just letting us know that you have a desire for our bodies like we're not making up this stuff as we go but you actually are willing to contribute to the conversation like who is the safe place for us in a relationship like what which men can we trust which women can we trust like um different people have different you know theories about whether or not there's one person that we can marry or that we have an option of many and i'm not going to get into that today but i am going to say lord we know that our steps are ordered by you so when we make relational decisions will you help us seek your face will you help us discern the quality the character of the people that are before us and and lord if there's something being hidden from us reveal it if there's something that 
Um, we're not seeing because we don't want to see it. Um, release voices to speak truth into our lives and into our hearts so that we won't lead ourselves astray. God, help us to know that like, hey, what we do with our bodies matters. And Lord, people who have been, you know, sexually active outside of marriage or in some sinful state, I pray that you help them understand that a uh, they don't have to stay there. God, let them have a grace to repent, to turn away from those behaviors that were previously not of your will. And also, God, I ask, Lord, that you just give them the strength to say, you know what? No matter what I've done in my past, purity is my future. I am going to dedicate my body. I'm, I'm going to make my body a living sacrifice, present it as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, because he's washing me with the water of his word. He's washed me with his blood. He is covering me in himself, and he's given me this opportunity to walk uprightly before him and in right standing with him and to have a strength to walk in truth. So like right now, God, I just pray that you give someone that new win in their cells for purity and let them know they don't have to believe the lies of the enemy that says, hey, you've already did it once, do it a thousand times. Like each time matters. Each time has a potential to be sacred or has a potential to be um even worse for us in terms of consequences so lord just help us to make a a concerted effort to seek your face and to seek your direction and to trust you and for those of us who are married i pray that you restore joy and peace and confidence in that marriage union that that the husband will, will love the wife as christ loves the church and that the wife will love her husband respect her husband and that their children will be raised in the way of righteousness and holiness and that they'll love each other i also pray for those of us who are single that we will remain single and devoted to you without distraction until you say this is the guy this is the woman that i've called you to and that we can take those steps in confidence and um, and love you in the process. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, guys. This is Brittany is Chosen with the Chosen Chronicles. Catch me next Friday at 6 p.m. And every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God bless you. Um, also, email me, thechosenchronicles at gmail.com. Or check me out at brittanyischosen.com. God bless you. Bye.